top stories this evening live from New York City. Student achievement declines. Fourth graders' reading and math scores had the biggest drop in decades. What could, it, what could it mean for the U.S. economy? The state of California telling residents not to charge their electric cars as the state's power grid comes under pressure amid a heat wave. And the U.S. bans certain cutting-edge microchips from being sold to China. It's to ensure advanced technology doesn't go to the Chinese military. That and much more coming up on NTD Business. Great to have you with us. Don Ma here for NTD Business. The lengthy battle over former President Trump's financial records is finally over. The House Oversight Committee has reached a deal with Trump which ends litigation over the paperwork. The committee says this agreement means Trump's accounting firm will hand over quote, critical documents. The filing doesn't give details of what was involved in the settlement. And Trump's team has not yet issued a public statement on the matter. The legal fight started all the way back in April 2019 when the committee subpoenaed the financial records. And two states are demanding answers from the Biden administration. Their lawsuit unveils direct communications between the government and the big tech companies. Here's NTD's Iris Tao with what they found and why they say it's a coordinated effort to censor free speech. More pressure on a Department of Justice already under fire. In a Wednesday statement to the court, attorney generals from Missouri and Louisiana are demanding the DOJ turn over communications between top-ranking officials and big tech companies. That comes after their lawsuit, first filed in May, forced the DOJ to turn over emails showing dozens of federal officials communicating with platforms about what's seen as misinformation. So what the uh, discovery has revealed is a really massive coordinated effort between uh, the federal government and big tech to censor the speech of Americans who disagree with the government on various topics. Uh, COVID is a big one. Uh, Also, the election, the Hunter Biden laptop story. Janine Eunice, an attorney representing private plaintiffs who also joined the lawsuit, tells NTD that a discovery shows the White House and agencies pressuring tech companies to censor unfavorable topics. Now, what keeps happening is as we learn more information, we keep finding more and more people are involved. This is larger uh, and more sweeping than anybody ever knew. In one of the uncovered emails, a Facebook official in 2021 wrote to the Surgeon General, quote, our teams met today to better understand the scope of what the White House expects from us on misinformation going forward. So government officials talking to social media companies about misinformation, how is that a problem? That's an issue because it implicates the First Amendment. So the First Amendment prohibits the government from um, creating laws or being really involved in policing the speech of Americans. Um, when When the government is using tech companies to do that, that's effectively state action. The the government can't just use uh, private actors to do what it can't do directly. Reporting in Washington, D.C., Iris Tao, NTD News. While the DOJ has turned over communications by federal officials, the states say it's refusing to turn over ones involving top-ranking officials. The Missouri Attorney General on Thursday said they're asking the DOJ to produce those records and that they're just getting started. Meanwhile, reading and math scores have plunged in the U.S. 
The education department found fourth graders had the biggest drop in decades. The department took its first look since the lockdowns. NTD's Colin Fredrickson has more. Fourth grade reading and math scores plunged during the pandemic. Reading scores had their biggest drop since 1990. Mathematics had its first ever drop. Whenever you start a new initiative, there's something called the implementation dip. Donna Marie Kozine is the CEO of Consult DMC, an educational consultancy, as well as the author of So You Want to Be a Superintendent. Kozine believes scores will go back up as kids physically return to classrooms. The face-to-face -face time that children get in school is is critical. Teachers, especially in elementary school, are able to pull students in small groups where they can really drill down and focus on the specific areas of need. Experts say this poor performance will affect more than the kids themselves. Aggregate test score performance is related to economic activity over the long run. And so the less skilled our children are, um, the less productive our economy will be. Jay Green is a senior research fellow at the Heritage Foundation and the author of Failure Up Close, what happens, why it happens, and what we can learn from it. Green says the U.S.'s academic performance is mediocre in comparison to the performances of other countries. According to TIMS, an international study of academic performance, America's fourth graders are in 15th place when it comes to math. Meanwhile, one of America's biggest competitors, China, is in fourth place. In science, America is in ninth place. China is in fifth place. The comparisons to China are problematic because there's good reason to believe that the Chinese test scores are not reliable. Jay Green believes China may be cheating in the Tim study. There are, however, indications Chinese students are doing very well. There's a more support or a discipline, you know, and cooperation from parents and families than U.S. system, but, you know, they're not good at, you know, uh, inciting or encouraging creativity and uh, free expressions. Frank Tian Xie is a business professor at the University of South Carolina, Aiken. Xie says Asian culture prioritizes education more so than Western culture does. Colin Fredrickson, NTD News. And the governor of California declares a state of emergency over issues with their electrical grid comes after shortly state regulators mandate purchases of electric vehicles. NTD's Sean Marshall looks into the matter. California's electrical grid operator issued an emergency alert warning that citizens might be asked not to charge electrical vehicles in the coming days to avoid blackouts amid a regional heat wave. This comes less than a week after state regulators voted to phase out new gas-powered vehicles in favor of electric cars by 2035. Brett Bennett, a director at the Texas Public Policy Foundation, says it's remarkable because energy demands have actually decreased in California. And it's because of the uh, economics of their subsidization of solar, particularly solar. They don't have much wind in California. And how that's affecting the rest of not only their electric market, but also the surrounding electric markets throughout the American West. Uh, that's That solar is making it harder for uh, natural gas and coal power plants to stay online. Also on Wednesday, California Governor Gavin Newsom declared a state of emergency with an executive order to procure additional short-term energy supplies. It also encourages businesses and industry to restrict energy use. I asked Bennett if more solar and battery storage could help the issue. 
we're a thousand times short of the scale needed to do that. And that's not going to happen in the next 10 years. So we'll, we'll increase the battery, the battery capacity in California a little bit over that time, but not a thousand times. And so what's going to happen is you're going to have to have more natural gas um, and probably more uh, either, you know, uh, you have to, they, they need to maintain their existing nuclear plant, Diablo Canyon, absolutely. Did Elon Musk's Tesla company foresee this problem? In 2015, they introduced the Tesla Powerwall. But currently, these aren't exactly options that the entire state or society can turn to in a short time period. Sean Marshall, NTD News. Stocks closed mixed today. The Dow added 146 points, or half a percent. S&P rose 12 points, or three-tenths of a percent. NASDAQ lost 31 points, or three-tenths of a percent. And the chairman of Russian oil giant Luke Oil has died. His name was Ravil Maganov. But curiously, there's no consensus on the cause of death. A Russian news agency says he fell out of a hospital window plummeting six floors. But Luke Oil said he died following a severe illness with no mention of any hospital window. The circumstances of his death still remain unclear. A number of high-profile Russian businessmen have been dying under mysterious circumstances. Maganov is only the most recent one. And it's worth pointing out that Lukoil, which is a Russian company, its board was publicly against the war in Ukraine and even expressed sympathy to the Ukrainians. And a number of serious human rights violations may have been committed in Xinjiang, China against Uyghur Muslims. This is according to a new report by the United Nations. The UN says China may be guilty of crimes against humanity in its treatment of Uyghur Muslims. Michelle Bachelet is the UN's outgoing human rights chief. She made the claim in a long-delayed report released on Wednesday. The report said allegations of arbitrary detention and forced medical treatment of Uyghurs are all credible. The UN is calling on Beijing to release all those detained in training centers and prisons immediately. In May, Bachelet visited Xinjiang. She has come under fire, though, for being too soft on China. This report was released minutes before her four-year term ended. And more news surrounding China. Chip designer NVIDIA said Wednesday the U.S. government is banning two of its top AI chips from being sold to China. The company says it's over national security concerns as U.S.-China tensions mount over the Taiwan issue. Here's our report. U.S. officials have ordered NVIDIA to stop exporting two top computing chips used in artificial intelligence to China. The chip designer disclosed the ban in a regulatory filing on Wednesday. It's a move that could hamstring Chinese firms' ability to carry out advanced work like image recognition and cost NVIDIA hundreds of millions of dollars in business. The order affects its A100 and H100 chips designed to speed up machine learning tasks. NVIDIA CEO Jensen Huang, a Taiwanese-American, had just unveiled the H100 as the firm's new flagship chip this spring. Now the company says the ban could interfere with the completion of its development. According to NVIDIA, U.S. officials said the new rule, quote, will address the risk that the covered products may be used in or diverted to a military end use or military end user in China. 
Asked for comment, the U.S. Department of Commerce would not give details of the new criteria for exporting chips to China, but told Reuters it's reviewing its policies and practices to keep advanced technologies out of the wrong hands. The announcement signals a major escalation of Washington's crackdown on China's technological capabilities as tensions bubble over the fate of Taiwan, where almost all major chip firms have their products made. And still staying in China, the southwestern Chinese metropolis of Chengdu City announced a lockdown of its 21 million residents. Chengdu is the capital of Sichuan province, and residents there were ordered to stay home starting 6 p.m. Thursday. At the same time, officials also launched four days of citywide virus testing. Households are only allowed one person outside every day to shop for food only. Chengdu is the largest Chinese city to be locked down since Shanghai. Remains unclear, though, whether the lockdown would be lifted after virus testing ends, which will be on Sunday. Other major cities also stepped up COVID restrictions this week. Shenzhen and Dalian are two of them. The restrictions range from work-from-home requirements to shutting down entertainment businesses. The lockdowns affect tens of millions of people, and it's intensifying the challenges for China's economy. And it looks like supply chain disruptions caused by the pandemic and also lockdowns in China haven't gotten much better. We talked to a business to find out just how serious the situation is. Here's Romy Taromina, the CEO of Sci Health Solutions. Romy, thanks for coming on today. So, as I know, China announced a new round of partial lockdowns in Chengdu City, Sichuan province. Now, I understand you have production in China. So tell me, what challenges are, are you facing right now? We are actually facing a lot. I have been running SciHealth Solutions, the maker of SciVans, for more than 16 years. And the challenges now are very different than what we've experienced in years past. Uh, supply chain issues are just insurmountable sometimes. So it might be things like sourcing materials, even if they're coming from the United States, we have to allow more time for importing. And then the whole timeline of manufacturing. So with lockdowns, with weather, inclement weather, things like typhoons in China, um, things like cash flow issues where the amount of time to source, produce, manufacture, ship, um, getting uh, things booked on an airplane or on a port takes months and months and months. And so I may be floating cash for six months. I mean, it is an endless amount of issues and you just have to keep plugging away and plugging away. I know you have production in China. What's happening? Are, you, are your products getting made? Are your products not being shipped here? Tell me. Just elaborate on what's happening to your to your production line. Oh yeah, they're being made and they're being manufactured by a rep, reputable uh, manufacturer. We have a manufacturing rep also helping to streamline processes and make things even more efficient. But there are systemic problems, union strikes, things that are outside of our control, um, and freight situations that are well beyond our, our control. Are you the only company that's facing this? Is this a widespread oh, problem? Of course not. 
oh no, this is for everybody. And this is why you walk the store shelves and you see the bread aisle half empty or you see the meat aisle half empty. Beauty products everywhere. It's in every single store, no matter where you go. Um, the ability to get products. I mean, we're all facing it, right? You're paying more money to get what you want if you want it badly enough and or you don't get it at all or you decide to wait. When, when you're not getting your products, what are you telling your customers? Um, well, we are doing our best to provide it. And if that color is not available, then here are what color, here's the colors that are available. Here's where we will have product um, on the colors that are currently out of stock. And this is when you could expect it. And then you deliver on that promise. You just don't make promises you can't keep. I think customers appreciate the on honesty and they just want to know when they can get what they want. And is this impacting your cash flow and by how much? Of course it is. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. How I mean, you look at the timeline from sourcing materials to actually getting paid by your customers. By the time you source them, you have them shipped over to your manufacturer, you factor in the time to manufacture it, and then you factor in the time to import it, whether it's on a plane or on a boat, and then you've got to get it over to your warehouse, and then the warehouse has to get it to your retailers. So um, it it can be six plus months, and then you've got to factor in what the U.S. retailers may be paying, what their terms are with you as a company, and that can be 30, 60, 90 day terms. I mean, we are talking six to nine months before I am paid a dime or a penny on my product. And so it's significantly impacting businesses and no wonder they're going out of business left and right. It's really, really difficult on small, small businesses. Again, that was Romy Taromina, CEO and founder of Sci Health Solutions. And still to come, don't go away. Twitter testing a long awaited edit button coming to Twitter Blue subscribers later this month. And a Tennessee company launches the fastest internet service in the country. But it doesn't come cheap. Then more coming up on NTD Business. Welcome back. Twitter is testing a new edit feature. It's going to allow users to edit their tweets within a 30-minute period after posting. Edited tweets will show an icon, a label, and a timestamp. These indicate they've been altered, and users can click on the label to see an edit history and even past versions of the post. This feature will be available for Twitter Blue subscribers later this month. Cost you $4.99. Twitter will then take a look at how the feature affects how people read, write, and engage with tweets. The company hopes this feature will make tweeting more approachable and less stressful. And now let me ask you this. Which American city do you think has the nation's fastest community-wide internet service? Answer, Chattanooga, Tennessee. 
It's according to an internet, TV, phone, and energy company in Chattanooga. The company is called EPB, and it's launched a community-wide 25 gigabit per second internet service. It's 100% fiber optic. The network will be available to all residential and commercial customers in the area. Though it won't come cheap, residential customers will have to pay a whopping $1,500 a month. Businesses will pay more than $12,000 monthly. The company expects prices to eventually come down as the rest of the market catches up. And traveling on cruise ships might be just a little more luxurious. SpaceX is partnering with a major cruise line to offer what it calls reliable and fast internet, all while you're cruising off at sea. NTD's Phil Zhou has the story. Russell Schaefer is a born and raised New Yorker who loves taking luxurious cruises across the globe. He just returned from a cruise to Spain and France in June and another one from Amsterdam to Iceland in August. But there's one big problem. To describe my general Wi-Fi experiences on a cruise ship, in one word, terrible. I've never been on a cruise line where the Wi-Fi was satisfactory. On the two dozen cruises that Schaefer has taken, he pays extra to get internet on board every single time. And you're thinking, if you're paying $20 to $30 a day, this really should be the absolute best Wi-Fi experience of your life. But it's actually completely opposite. It's not good at all. Blogger Maureen Cunningham, who travels for work, says she can barely get any work done while cruising. Maybe we could get one text out. We couldn't do anything with photos. We couldn't do anything with logging into internet, like Facebook or anything like that. That may be changing as cruise giant Royal Caribbean is partnering with SpaceX's Starlink to offer faster and reliable internet while at sea. Low Earth orbit satellite like what Starlink provides is much more reliable fast and low latency than something like legacy satellite internet from a provider like HughesNet or Viasat. Jamison Zimmer is an authority in the internet space as managing director of the FAIR Internet Report. He says Starlink Internet is smart to enter the cruise line industry. Because they have, you know, hundreds, thousands of satellites orbiting close to the Earth rather than one satellite orbiting very, very far from the Earth. They have the ability to iteratively launch new satellites all the time and improve the hardware all the time. So year over year, we expect to see that hardware improve in a way that it really couldn't improve for legacy satellite, which is pretty exciting. Royal Caribbean says the new Starlink internet service could be available as early as April next year on its cruise ships. For people on land, Starlink satellite internet costs around $110 per month, with an initial hardware cost of $600. Phil Zhou, NTD News. Most retailers and restaurants have reported earnings for the latest quarter, and the data show that consumers continue to choose experiences rather than physical products. Here's our report on what else can be learned about where consumers are spending their money. For the fourth consecutive quarter, hotels, restaurants, and leisure sectors took the top spot in Q2, with year-over-year earnings growing by four times and revenue up by 29%. Jerome Martis, director of consumer research with Refinitiv, says consumers spend more on experiences. They like to dine at restaurants instead of ordering takeout, and they prefer going to a physical store rather than watching Netflix at home. When they shop at stores, they choose discounters to save at a time of inflation. 
The discounters that sell gasoline are outperforming the discounters that don't sell gasoline. And this is mainly because the middle class consumer is trading down. They are cutting off their Netflix subscriptions and instead getting a subscription at Costco, Sam's, Sam's Clubs and BJ Wholesales because they want to save money at the pump. Although overall retail and restaurant sales increased by 9.2%, Martis says the industry is not optimistic about earnings. Retailers are still feeling the pinch of higher costs, transportation and supply issues. And as a result, we're still seeing that earnings are expected to come in into the negative territory. Yes, Q2 is an improvement from Q1, but it's still below the pre-pandemic levels. Besides inflation eating up profits, the absence of stimulus money this year also contributed to negative earnings. When the consumers receive stimulus checks and are no longer receiving that additional money. And as a result, we're seeing also that they're spending less, especially at the malls. They're no longer spending that discretionary income, and that's why retailers are taking such a big hit on earnings right now. Less spending and lower demand led to higher inventory. Retailers are currently sitting on a glut of inventory, and many are slashing prices to clear out excess products. Third quarter is going to be very, very crucial for the retailers, and it's going to be very telling what kind of holiday season we're going to have. Reporting by Angela Moy, NTD News. And staying on retailers, some have a surprising plan for this season's unsold clothing. They're packing it away in hopes of selling it again in future seasons. It's a strategy called pack and hold. It gives retailers like Kohl's and Gap another option to solve the inventory pileup caused by slowing consumer demand. They usually put away basic items that are not likely to go out of style. Then they put them back on the shelves later on to sell. Benefits are that retailers don't have to immediately write off products or discount them. And they can even aim to sell the merchandise at higher prices when consumer demand strengthens. But pack and hold does come with some risks because holding on to extra merchandise is expensive. And there's also a risk that older stuff won't sell very well in future seasons. And that's all the stories we have from the NTD business team and myself, Don Ma. You can follow me on Twitter too if you're there. If you have any news tips or feedback for the show, you can email us at business at ntd.com. We read every email. That's all for today. Thanks for watching and we'll see you tomorrow.